Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 114 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And we have a tremendous guest, Sir Mixalots. Yeah, that's right. Sir Mixalots of Baby Got Back fame is the feature guest on the Adam Shine podcast. And I've wanted to get him on the podcast for a while, for years, ever since he started tweeting how much he loved me. So he likes Big Butts and, and Adam Shine, which is really a, a great combination. Always listening to Sirius XM, listening to, to my show, to Mad Dog Show. So it's been on my radar to get him on. And the fact that Baby Got Back turned 30, perfect time. So many moments as I turned 45 in June where I'm starting to feel like I'm I'm getting older, right? You know, I, I play tennis three days a week and I'm like, oh, my back hurts. Or, you know, you start, my, I have my oldest Jolie is going into high school. I, I remember everything about my freshman year of high school and she's going into high school and you realize, you know, you're getting up there in age and you're reflecting on the past. And then you see baby got back is out for 30 years. Oh boy. I mean, that's when you feel old and it's crazy. I mean, and baby got back. Everyone still loves the song, knows the song. And it's had incredible legs for, for 30 years. I'm telling you, sir, mix a lot. This interview, we taped it on, on a Monday night. He is unbelievable. He's hilarious. He's an incredible sports fan, big Seattle sports fan. You guys are going to love it. Sir mix a lot next on the out of time podcast. Hey, this is Mike Babchick from Morning Man of Mad Dog Sports Radio. When you are done listening to Shine, come hear me as I roast them. It's Babchick's morning after the podcast. We try to make sure our bosses never find out about it. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The feature guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, my guy. He tweeted that he was listening to the radio show a few years ago on Sirius XM on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Did it a few times. Absolutely made my day. I'll have to ask him during the course of this interview if I'm allowed to just call him Sir. Sir Mixalot is the featured guest on the pod this week. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm on tour right now. I'm in uh, Minnesota, well, Minneapolis. And I'm here for a few days doing something for a big company here, man, trying to get some of them licensing dollars. And I'm going to Ohio. Then I'm going home. Yes. Home oh, is way. great. Right. That way. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Going back home. I, I love it. And listen, first and foremost, big fan, obviously. And mm-hmm. the fact, can I call you, sir? What 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 do friends call you? What what should I call you? Most of my guys are too lazy to use more than one syllable when possible. <laughs> so they, they just call me mix. Mix. A, yeah. Mix. All right. So during the course of this interview. I'm going to call you Mix. We're, we're good with that. We're on a friendly basis. Anything but asshole. I'm good. All right. Yeah, no asshole. Just Mix. I'll, I'll roll with that. That works for me. And I have to tell you, when, when you tweeted that you were listening to the show, it made my day. I mean, Baby Got Back is, is one of the all-time legendary songs. And I said to myself, I, I got to get you on the pod, Mix, because Baby Got Back turn 30 and I sat and I looked at that when you tweeted it and said holy cow baby got back has been around for 30 years I mean I was bugging out seeing that I mean that's got to be a little crazy and surreal for you I remember finishing that song I was 27 and I thought I thought man I'm almost 30 I gotta hurry up and get this song out I'm over the hill Now the song's as old as I was then, older than I was then. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. But it was a, the song had been written for a while, but I had some some legal issues with the label I was trying to leave. And uh, the great Rick Rubin gave me a call. Who refuses that call? Nobody. And uh, man, I mean, that guy pushed the button somewhere and it just took off. I mean, I'd love to take all the credit, but uh, no, that, that, that man is a genius. How many years did you have it done? Was it written? How many years was that kind of on the back burner? Um, it, I wrote it in about late 90, early 91. And um, and then I, I had the song kind of almost done. And uh, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I wasn't all the way done because I would have defended it uh, with my life and been wrong because Rick changed some things about it. It wanted me to change some things about it. And it really made the song breathe. Um, sometimes... Sometimes artists that produce their own stuff have a tendency to care more about their vocal and just one part of the song. And then the fans are like, what the hell is this? You know, and he kind of uh, made it coherent and, 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 and made it, let it breathe. It sounded like a song as opposed to an example of 
what I what I can say or the shit I can talk or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I love that. And the collaboration obviously paid major dividends. Number one on the charts, an iconic song. I mean, my kids are, are walking, you know, I've got a, a daughter who's going to high school. I've got a, a daughter who's going into seventh grade, a son who's going into second grade. They all know the song. I mean, word for word, they they know Baby Got Back. <laughs> Did you know when you put pen to paper or when Rick made those changes, did you have any idea it was going to be this kind of hit? No earthly idea. Let me tell you something, man. Not only did I have no idea, I actually told Rick, this is not the best song. You know, I think this, this other song, One Time's Got No Case, is a better song. Let's put that out. And Rick calmly goes, okay. So basically, he let me run my ass right into the wall. And he said, <laughs> my turn, right? And that's when he put out Baby Got Back, and we did this crazy video. And, and uh, to Rick's credit, though, he let me as an artist, be an artist. And he also proved me wrong at the same time. And I'm happy to say he did, he did that. <laughs> how vital, how vital was the video to the success? I mean, that, that was an iconic video. Here's the thing, man. Not only was the video, I mean, it, it made the song because it made people listen to the song, but what it also did was dispel some of the myths about the song that it's only about girls' butts. Actually, no, it's not, right? And you could see some of that in the video, but it still was sort of hidden. It, was, it wasn't obvious, right? Until the song got banned, which in retrospect was probably the best thing that happened to the song. Because you know, when you think about it, you remember Macarena? Of course. Right? It kept going, 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 and people were like, oh my God, right? Whereas Baby Got Back, went, went, went and got pushed back down to the underground. And when that happened, it got bigger. Um, and that was a total accident, totally unintended. I'd love to say we meant to offend somebody at MTV. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a damn lie, right? We were trying to kiss MTV's ass every time we could. But I said <laughs> something that pissed somebody off and, and they, they, they say they didn't ban it. They just relegated it to after 11 o'clock or some. I don't remember that. I remember being banned. And I loved it actually after a while, once I, Arsenio called immediately. And by that time, people thought it was a sexist song. And some girls shot the, we had our big giant 40 foot butt on top of Tower Records and they shot it down with an arrow. She was a good shot, hit it right in the crack too. That was pretty good. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw the 40 foot butt. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we had this 40 foot butt we toured with. And, um, but the more that happened, the more people started to ask, what is it that's bothering people about this song? Is it because it's sexist or is it because it's actually not about butts? It's about African-American beauty. Okay. So in preparation for this interview, I printed out the lyrics and I read them just to read the lyrics, which is fascinating in terms of the actual words to your song. Now, I think if, if you listen to it, if you read it, there's something to be said for women. You reference African-American women of being appreciative of their bodies and what they look like and self-confidence. I think there is actually a, a great tone and a great message within the song. How would you respond to that? That's exactly right. I mean, and it was designed that way. If you noticed in the song, I'm the sexist pig that can't quite get her. Bingo. During the whole song, Give me a sister. I can't resist her, but she's never sees me. In the video, 
the girl I'm talking about is on a pedestal. I can't reach her. We're, we're, I'm begging. I'd love to. I'd love to stick it, but I can't. Right. And that was the whole idea was not to come off as some sanctimonious, you know, holier than thou guy was to be a typical uh, 20 something slut trying to chase this girl who was way too good for me. And that was what that's how the song was actually written intentionally. Uh, and it and it slid by for a minute. It was just a butt song and everybody loves butts. Everybody loves butts. Then right when it got ready to be called corny, they realized, oh, it's not just a butt song. That gave it legs, pardon the pun. When it's released and it's getting some heat, you know, you reference MTV, you're putting the video eventually after 11 o'clock and it turned out to be a great thing for you, for Buzz. Oh, this, this is going to turn out to be a positive. Were there moments where you wanted to scream and yell and say, no, you, you guys are missing the message of, of what this is all about? No, because, you know, it's funny, I, I was getting to that point right when it went to number one and it sat there one week, two week, three week, four week, five week. But when the band hit, I did interviews. Everybody was like, why? Why would they ban this song? You know, because there were songs about butts before mine, right? And they didn't get banned, right? Songs about body parts way before mine. They didn't get banned. But that's when people started to dig into the lyrics and go, what did you mean by give me a sister? I can't resist her. You know, what did you mean by red beans and rice didn't miss her? Which is something the brothers and sisters love to eat. We love yeah. beans and rice. That's, that's real talk. And that's when I was able to really talk about what the song really meant. And then what I found was not just African-American women, but all women started to say thank you about time. Because remember, if you go back to 1992, the definition of beauty was really a waif-thin heroin addict looking something yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah and it was unrealistic for a girl to walk around at six foot tall and 105 pounds it just it looked like a crackhead to me and 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 more women than not you know did not look that way so i think that it was a lot of luck a lot of happenstance i'd love to say i planned it man i would sound so smart right now <laughs> could you release this song in 2022 it wouldn't matter right now people would be like oh yeah yeah we agree yeah, <laughs> there would be no you needed something There needed to be the Elvis Presley, Ed Sullivan moment. Right. And, and I remember when the song got banned and I, I don't think Heidi remembers saying this. Heidi is Rick's publicist. Heidi Robinson is incredible. Right. She she I'm terrified. I had my first little cell phone dollar a minute. I'm, I'm feeling it. 1992. <laughs> I'm falling out of control. <laughs> I got my I got my I got my big ass chunky brick phone. And, and Heidi calls me in the middle of a meeting and we're talking about the song getting banned. And she said then, you know, Mix, you're now Elvis Presley and you shook your leg one too many times on the Ed Sullivan show. It took me a minute to get it. And I'm like, the forbidden fruit. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a lot of luck, but it had a lot. And also we had to jump on the narrative immediately because if we had you know, kind of kept playing games with it and trying not to say what it was. We were already banned. What were we going to lose? All right. And the more people knocked it, the more women, I had women that were going to boycott me in Nebraska. And I did the exact same thing. I said, well, let me have a debate with them. So the radio station hooked it up and there's a bunch of girls asking some tough questions and I fired back and I, I told them what I thought. And I said, hey, that's not what the song's about. Some of them still thought the song was sexist, 
but they agreed to let the concert happen uninterrupted. And so I, I won't say I won, but I think the song did. I love that. That's an unbelievable anecdote. All right, let me ask two questions, three questions off the lyrics. I, I took some notes here. Number one, first and foremost, Captain Obvious, do you like big butts? Yeah. Yeah. Little in the middle when they got much back, though. <laughs> Second question. You cannot lie. Do you always tell the truth, Mix? Are you an honest person? Here's one for you. <laughs> sure I am. <laughs> now, am I lying or am I telling the truth? Hey, you know, when convenient. So, so the, the I cannot lie is the stretch. Liking big butts is accurate. I cannot lie is a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. I cannot lie is a stretch because if, if she looks good and the butt's not big enough, I would still accept. Oh, that's fair. That's Plus, fair. Yeah, I'm on that. Yeah, My like personal that. favorite line. So your girlfriend rolls a Honda playing workout tapes by Fonda. So I'm 45 years old. So that line, you know, Jane Fonda, I mean, the whole thing, you know, tapes, the whole thing, workout tapes, it makes me laugh and laugh in moment, laugh right now. That's my favorite under the radar line in, in the song. What's your favorite under the radar line? Uh, hmm. Uh, God, you know what? That might be my favorite also, because a lot wow. of people had no idea who that was. They knew who she was. Right. They didn't connect workout tapes, even though she was doing workout tapes like crazy back then. And they didn't really connect it and that she was not the example of what I loved. She was kind of the opposite. Not that she's ugly or anything, but of course, yeah, she was yeah. the opposite of what I was talking about. And, and I was talking about her followers also. <laughs> I was really saying they all suck. You know, because I thought I didn't think it was going to be a big song. So I just thought I could take shots at everybody. Oh, man, I, I love that you love that line, too. That That's great. Right. Because that's what that's what makes the song to me great. When you start talking about that workout tapes by Fonda, who's doing the workout tapes by Fonda, what they want to look like. And as a result, on the opposite, like in Big Butt. See, I, I prepped for this interview. I was I was ready to go mix. In the video, we we definitely put some. You know, we had the one supermodel in there and then we had, you know, just a, there were some things that weren't quite the way I wanted them when I showed up at the video shoot. But that was I've heard some urban legend that I pulled guns on the on the wardrobe, ladies. All right. Now, I was going to segue into Seattle and sports. Hold on. What was it the way you wanted in the video? Well, the girl that was going to be on the pedestal, right? The girl that ended up being on the pedestal, who was just perfect, right? She was dressed. <clears throat> I'll just describe it. You tell me what it looks sounds like. Um, high heels, which is fine. Sure. Um, black and white tiger print, super tight shorts, and a really cheesy polyester shirt tied up in the knot with a whole bunch of cleavage showing. And I'm like, nah, we ain't going that route. And I did go off. I cussed everybody. I call them all kind of MFs. <laughs> we actually went and left and went to a mall. She'll tell you the same story. We went to a mall and got got the clothes I wanted. They were, well, they were better. They weren't not, not exactly what I wanted, but close enough. We bought that. And of course, now 
long-term memory, uh, whatever it is now, all of a sudden I came in and I pulled a gun on the wardrobe lady. Oh God. Like I, let me get this right. I traveled across state lines with a gun just in case the wardrobe lady challenged me. (laughs) Damn man. (laughs) Can't make that up. If you tried, you know, us rappers, man, love to shoot those wardrobe ladies. Who were the, as rappers, as artists, because you grew up in Seattle. You think of Seattle music, you know, you think of a lot of grunge. Yep. Who Kendrick. are the biggest influences to you musically in terms of rappers or any artist yeah. for your career? Number one, well, I'm not going to put it in any order because it's hard to do. Um, James Brown. And it's for different reasons than most people think. He had cool subject matter, stuff like that, you know, and, and soul power and all them songs. It was really Clyde Stubblefield. Clyde Stubblefield, to me, for what I like, was the best drummer I'd ever heard in my life. Wow. And then this thing came out called A Drum Machine when I saw Kraftwerk on TV. That was the next one, was Kraftwerk. Uh, it was a German, like, super high techno band. Incredible, and I love Kraftwerk. And then hip-hop was born. And that's when I knew. I said, I can't sing, but I might be able to do that. And so I was into music, getting into it prior to hip-hop, but hip hop let me know that there was a door opening up. And that's when I heard like, you know, Soul Sonic Force and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And then a very young LL Cool J was like, wow, this cat was 16 and spitting bars, you know? So I kind of stumbled into it. I'd never thought about making money. Anybody that tells you they knew they were going to get rich doing this is lying their asses off. <laughs> because if you do it and you're trying to make money at it, you can hear that. And when sure. you hear it, the song starts to, you know what I mean? It just doesn't have life. It sounds phony, contrived. It's got to be authentic. Yeah. It's got to be something that, I mean, you listen to the early public enemy, you could tell. No, they didn't give a shit about making a hit. Yeah. Making a song that, that had songs that had meaning. And all of a sudden, oh, wow, everybody agrees with this message. You know, it just happens. Um, that's how hits are born, I think. So we know you're a big sports fan and, you know, you're listening to sports radio, huge sports fan. You love watching sports, talking sports, listening to sports. Seattle, obviously, home where you grew up, influences, Supersonics, Mariners, Seahawks, all the above. Definitely the Sonics. Definitely the Sonics. Um, And I go way back. I'm, I'm talking about I was at the parade 1979. Lenny Wilkins. Wow. Yeah. Trying to remember, you had Lonnie Shelton, Gus Williams, Dennis Johnson, Jack Sigma, um, for downtown Freddie Brown, six man coming off the bench. Uh, I mean, it was just insane. I'm getting chills thinking about it, man. And um, I was just a kid. So, you know, that they, they seemed bigger than life to me. And then as I got older, you know, my contemporaries were then, you know, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, you know, all those guys, Sam Perkins, Rashard Lewis, and guys like that. I got, I was cool with those guys coming up too. So it was, well, I was already there, you know, but I was front, front line right then. I'm sitting on the court, baby. Yeah. yeah what so was I'm, that like sitting courtside? And, Cause I, I mean, I remember seeing you at those games or with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and those Sonics. I'll tell you what it's like. I'm, I'm going to give you one example. So whole game we're playing Phoenix, right? Charles Barkley is just, bothering the hell out of Sean Kim. I mean, he did everything but do the globe charters, pull the shorts down thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you could see Kemp was just like, 
somebody better get this motherfucker, man. And you could just see it and all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, Sean Kemp just pow. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> and they caught him. The refs caught him, right? I just, I never will forget that. Another thing I remember was Gary Payton. I think we were playing Houston. Oh, by the way, Houston got their two championships in two years in which the Sonics swept them. So I want to make sure everybody remember that. Yeah, like, in the regular season, yeah. Yeah, and we got we got bumped in the first round by Matumbo and then Eric Van uh, Nick Van Exel. Think about that for a minute, man. Uh, anyway, um, that, yeah. that team that year, uh, and it almost sounds Captain Obvious. And listen, I grew up as a Knicks fan. I remember '94. That so broke my heart. Obviously, that Sonics team should have won the championship. That yeah, year. they were they were there, man. And, and just um, wow, Matumbo celebrating on the floor. Ooh, oh God, man, oh that hurt, man. That that hurt. That was like, you know. Yeah, that's probably the first time I thought about it. If I had a gun right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just was kidding. it was that your toughest loss as a Sonics fan? Yes. Oh, by far. By far, man. To, to see that celebration was just like, oh my God, are you serious? But it is what it is. But those, but but Sean, Gary, and those guys, we did a little couple goofy songs together and stuff like that. But yeah, that team, that team was sick. But the Seahawks the whole time, dude. I go back and I remember. By the way, I forgot. Did I forget to mention Jack Sigma on that team? Wow, sorry. You mentioned Sigma. Yeah, Sigma, iconic, of course. But the Seahawks, man. Yeah, that, not so good for a while, right? You know, the Jack Patera years. Oh, yeah. The Chuck Knox years. Eh. You know, and then they got hot, right? And so I, I the one I always call the Stolen Bowl, where we played uh, Pittsburgh, and even John Madden was pissed off. About some oh, of the refs were atrocious yeah. in that yeah. game. Yeah, it was it was really bad, you know. And obviously, then then we and get that was a cool team: Hasselback, Daryl Jackson, Sean Alexander, Holmgren. That that was a really great team and fun to watch. Some would argue that I I, I would be one of them that would say that offense was actually more balanced than the early Russell Wilson offense. I buy I, that. Yeah, I think because wow. you, you never knew where they were going to go. You know, but you got to love beast mode. I mean, beast mode was just like, you know, and when they took that one against, uh, you know, I was bragging to all my friends when they, when they won the Super Bowl, they won and came back. And I said, they're going to beat the two best quarterbacks in the league back to back in the Super Bowl. I knew it. We were on the one yard line. I walk outside. I got a friend of mine in LA on the phone who hates the Seahawks. And I'm talking to him and he hollers, interception <laughs> can i cuss yeah of course yeah i said what the fuck <laughs> and, oh my god i'm like no you did not no 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 and everybody in seattle said this you guys probably heard it everybody blamed daryl bevel for that because daryl bevel had a beef going with marshawn's mom you could you could tell Oh, I didn't realize that. I blame Bevel too, but I didn't know that. Tell me. Uh, well, I, I could be exaggerating this, but I do remember Marshawn. That's Marshawn. You know, Mar Marshawn is her baby. She's defending yeah. him, but she was actually telling the truth. Of course. There were, there were times when he should have just been pounding it and they tried to get cute. And that was one of those times. I don't know if Daryl Bevel was trying to make a statement by saying, I'm going to take it out of Marshawn's hand because of what his mom said prior to the game. But if that's what he did, he should never be in football again, if that's what he did.
Yeah, no, I that was the easiest first guess ever. I mean, I, I just figured Carol and Bevel were just like, all right, it's Russell, let him throw it in, and got very cocky, arrogant, egotistical. I mean, I was watching it going ballistic. You referenced cursing right there. So let me let me combine the two stories, right? The Dikembe Matumbo snapshot, Malcolm Butler picking off Russ, which was worse. Malcolm Butler. Yeah. That was worse. That was worse. I, I that that you gotta remember, that was the Super Bowl. It was over. It was over. Yeah. That, that that game, I mean, Marshawn made the statement. Let him put the exclamation point on it, man. Come on, y'all. Oh, oh man, that that hurt. That, and I had guys, I had to turn off my phone for a week. I got oh, some... you must have been getting crushed from friends. Oh, my God. I mean, it was all kind of people calling me like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> I told you. I You told me. Shut up. You told me it was going to win that way. <laughs> you know you were scared when we got hit that one-yard line. But, yeah, we should have got that game. That would have been, been Tom Brady and you know who who I actually think is, was better than Tom Brady at his peak? Peyton Manning. Yes. I yeah. think better than Brady at his peak. The peak just didn't last long enough, but to get those two back to back. Well, I've always made this argument to me, you know, dynasty is a funny word, right? But that was a run. I mean, that, that Seahawks run, I mean, dynasty, however you want to phrase it. Look, that, that was an awesome era. Legion of boom, you know, Cam Chancellor, you know, I, I think Bobby Wagner is a top four player at linebacker. You know, one of the top four Seahawks players of all time, first ballot Hall of Famer. Love Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, obviously, Earl Thomas. How much fun was that group for you? I'm going to tell you something. I And I, let me say this, and I could be wrong. I think the Seahawks that year tied, or in that era, tied for probably the second best defense ever. I think 85 Bears. Can make that tied, case. And they tied with uh, the Ravens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think. I think, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how I would look at it. Um, but you know, I digress, but I, I, that, that team to me, that defense was brutal on P. If you just watch them live, oh. I mean, the, the, you could see fear in receivers. <laughs> and if, a, if, a, if a running back dare get to the second level, it, it was head hunting. I mean, they made sure, yeah, you might have gained 10 yards and got that first down, but, you know, go find your hat. It's somewhere back, you know, 20 yards back. And that's what I loved about that team. They were physical. It wasn't cute. You know, it, it wasn't this, uh, you know. There was cute. no finesse. That no. was a smash mouth, in your face, kick ass, take names, own you kind of defense. That, that team felt very much like an East Coast team from the 80s and 70s, you know, just a run love your that. ass coming over, you know. And I, I loved them. I loved the attitude um, and, you know, the, the, the beast mode run that actually registered as an earthquake. The quake, yeah. Real as a, yeah, that's the, and the Seattle fans are pretty good. They're not, they're not as fair weather as they used to be, neither. So I think it was the right time to trade Russ and the right time to let Wagner go. Um, I, I think that, you know, frankly, the year before when they won the division, that was a fluke. It was kind of over. It was time to cut the cord. You know, it's easy for me to say, you buy that mix? Yeah, I do. Because I think, and it's not absolute, although we'll, we'll find out with Kansas, Kansas City. I think when a quarterback gets the check things start to go downhill 
It's interesting. Because the offensive line, you can't get great offensive linemen anymore. You gotta, yep. you gotta get rid of, you gotta get, gotta get rid of your number two receiver usually. So the number one guy's getting doubled all day long. It's a great point. You don't have great tight ends. It just all of a sudden, you know, linebackers gotta go, corners gotta go, and then eventually, that quarterback will be traded, and that's usually how it works. How devastating was it for you when the Sonics left? I'm still pissed about it. I'm still pissed because you know I. I I knew it was going to happen. Anybody that followed Clay Bennett, when he bought the team, I was on tour. I was in Tulsa. I never will forget it. And I heard him on the air, on the radio. Keep in mind, there was the Sonics were still in Seattle. So wait, you were in Tulsa, of all places, yes. when Bennett bought the team? No, not when he bought the team. It was after. But wow. he, was, he was talking. And I'm like, why are they interviewing him about the Sonics? Oh, God. And, and so they're talking. They were almost celebratory. And I'm like, okay, something ain't sounding right here. And so I, I told Gas back at, at KJR up in, up in Seattle, I said, I think he's going to move him to Oklahoma. He, he didn't, Gas didn't disagree, but he kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, I just went by, it was a hunch, but they were patting him on the back. I'm like, what, what are they, what? <laughs> unless they love Seattle. And sure enough, they were gone. They were gone, man. And Kevin Durant, it made me feel good when he came back, back to Seattle and put, put on a Sean Kemp jersey and thank Seattle because that's the team that actually drafted. Of Kemp course. Seattle, yep. I hope that Seattle gets a basketball team, an NBA team again. I think that they will whenever there's expansion or relocation. And here's hoping that it's expansion so another team doesn't have right. to go through that. See the new building? You can yeah. tell they ain't thinking about just hockey. You can believe that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that new building is gorgeous. Kraken, obviously, that's that's tremendous. Um, I the Mariners have a loyal fan base. I want to see the Mariners get to the playoffs, even though as a Yankee fan, I'm still not over 95. And that that drove me absolutely bonkers. How would you describe the Seattle sports fan? They seem to be loyal. It's an amazing city, amazing sports city. How would you characterize mix the Seattle sports fan? Well, we had a we had a sports fan prior to the ones that are sports fans now that were casual. Right, right. They were almost, and, I, and I'm using a, a stereotype. This is not what LA fans are not this. They kind of are with, with, with the Chargers. But anyway, they were casual. They were like, yeah, we're not going to win, but we'll go watch the other team. It was, it was that. It was, no, Seahawk fans, those, those were like iron workers, pot belly, greasy dudes with beards and slobbering beer all over the place. That's football. And that's, I, I couldn't believe that when I saw that because, you know, Seattle's seen as a tech town. And don't get me wrong, the tech guys were there, but they grew a beard and started drinking brew. I mean, <laughs> they said, you know, get in where you fit in. And, and I think Seattle fans, and we can afford it. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we need some Sonics up there, man. We need another, another basketball team, and let's get it done. We've got a good soccer team, too, even though I'm not a soccer fan. Yeah. How much sports radio do you listen to? Where sports radio versus music? What? How much? Because I, I could tell how much you love sports. Like I mentioned, you you listen to the show, Sean on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio. How much sports radio do you listen to? So okay, every car I get, I need to have my Sirius XM. Right there, we all go. of them. I have a Lamborghini and I have Sirius XM in it. You, Yes, I love the way the motor sounds, but I will put it as a silent mode. I hit it silent mode when I'm listening to something that's important. You know, seriously, I have an Audi, all my cars. I have six cars. All of them have 
uh, Sirius XM, except my new Suburban that I'm driving on tour right now. I'm very pissed off because I found that has to tether to my phone, which means I have to have Sirius XM on my phone and then let it do Apple CarPlay. I, I hate that. I'm not trying to plug Apple. Trust me, I'm not trying to do that. But I had to do Apple CarPlay to hear it. It's kind of a headache because then I got to put everybody on Do Not Disturb, which is actually not a bad thing. But, <laughs> but no, seriously, I listen. If I had to give you a ratio, when I'm by myself, I listen to a lot more music than usual, but never more than 50-50. I'm always about 70% sports radio, and then I'll play music at some point. When if, if, if sports radio starts talking about bowling, I'll probably I'll probably tune out and find something else to do. But if it's great conversation and it's got that pacing to it and that energy and that passion. Mix is going to be locked in. And I, and I love callers. I love listening to callers. So do I. Yeah. I, I love that. taking callers. Yeah. Well, see, you take callers. What I like is you talk to them. Yeah. Some people just say something smart and hang up on them. And I, you let them come back and you'll debate with them. And I love that kind of stuff. And that to me is the beauty of it. And frankly, you know, I've talked at sports radio conventions and I'm lucky I work for bosses who agree with this philosophy of, have a conversation, you know, two-way sports talk. Let I, I that, that to me, that's my drug, interacting with sports fans nationwide. Because I do think there are plenty of people like you who groove on the conversation. And I don't care if you agree or disagree. It's about the quality of the give and the take. Yeah. Yeah. I just say some of the, some of the callers, you guys are right to, you got to, you got to cut them off, man. Right. Them, right. Yeah. It's like, well, one time I was at the game. Oh God. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's where you guys, yeah, I, I love the guys you guys have in the other room. It's just, no, we're not going to take this dude. Click. And I, I see Doggy on, uh, he's on ESPN all the time. How great is that? The first take. And dude, why does nobody say this? And I think it's a good thing. Doggy talks just like Joe Pesci. He, he sounds does. Exactly he does. like Joe. And nobody says it. He's Joe Pesci. He's a little stuck in the past. And I love that about him. Oh, it's I great. I, I mean, I got to play this clip for him. I, I mix a lot. Yeah, I had that uh, that butt song, and he's right. He's got a little Joe Pesci in his voice. I, that's pretty good. He's doing a butt song, but he's not the Stones. He's not the Stones. 1969. The Stones. Oh, he were. Oh, I, I saw him. He, he was talking about Will Chamberlain and, and Jabbar. Man, I felt sorry for these young guys. Like, who is Jabbar? <laughs> it's amazing when he's on and it's like a history lesson and, and you can see there's like, you know, nothing going on with, with the people, unless it's Stephen A, obviously it's just glazed eyes. Like what Bob Cousy, what, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I go back and watch some of the old games and it's kind of like, I don't know if these guys, you know, but it's a different game then, but that late eighties era. Oh, Jordan, Magic, Bird. I don't think we've hit that again. We haven't seen that again. Now, I, I, we've seen the talent, but the physical stuff will never come back because the rules have changed. I, mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. Those that, was, that was my favorite. And not, not to sound like that guy. Look, I love Steph Curry. I love watching the Me Warriors. I, love, I mean, player. it's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. But that was the best era to me at basketball. Jordan's first two years, they made him stoned. Dude, that's dude, right. Detroit was, pop. I mean, just hitting this dude every which way. And that's what made him tough. That's what made him who he was. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember 
uh, Dr. J socking Larry Bird right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember all that stuff, man. I, I don't want to see fights again, but those were pretty cool to watch. I mean, those those were great times. All right, before we let you go, I, I promised my producer I would I would get you at least to say this. I, I like big butts and Adam Shine. Can can we can we get that mix since we're friends? How about I listen? Uh, hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Ah, here we go. I like big butts with a little bit of wine and let Adam give that ass a shine. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, Mix, this was unbelievable. Seriously, when you tweeted when you were loving the show, it really I got my, my Ali shirt today. Uh, I mean that that that's just iconic, right? I mean I met Ali in a in an elevator in San Jose, California. Of course you did. Holiday Inn. I shit you not. And uh, my buddy, Terry Maharaja, used to tour with me. And, he, and we're in the elevator, and it's him, and, he's, and his, his back is huge. You know, you think, I was looking at him, and I'm like, damn, how much big would, how much bigger was Foreman? Shit. Right? But I, we're in there, and one of my guys says, and Ali's about, you know, upper 40s, maybe 50. By then, he had already retired. He wasn't boxing anymore. And one of my guys says, hey, what's up, champ? And Ali turns around and he said, you call me a tramp? <laughs> no! Right, and he just, and he was playing, but literally at 50, I couldn't see his hands going forward. I just saw him coming back. It was so oh, quick. Oh, wow. And, you, and Terry was like, <laughs> I said, dude, you better not lean your face forward because you would have ate one. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my Ali experience. It was, it was quick, but fun. Ah, oh, that's that's about as good as it gets. Mix, yes. you're the best. And, and congrats on everything. In 30 years, baby got back. I love how much you love sports. It's it's awesome. And your loyalty to Seattle sports and your honesty, frankly. So always appreciate the nice words. Appreciate the time, my friend. And seriously, everyone's going to groove on this interview. So on behalf of everyone who listens to it, thanks for the time. And we appreciate it as always. Thank you all. Love you. And um, Kevin Durant is going to get traded. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Sir Mix-a-Lot. How awesome is that? Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM, our listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. We record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 to noon Eastern. Series XM Man Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-point at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.